Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds. The good, the bad, the concerning, and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, Kimmy, our passionate heart. What up, though? And me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Yes. I tried to change it up. I tried, I was to, gonna I tried to go old school <laughs> New York on you. What up, though? Old school Detroit. Detroit. That's Detroit, but it really it, it's from New York. Yeah. Because yeah. if you go down to like Jersey, around Flatbush area, mm-hmm. you'll hear it a lot. But anyway, what up though? Nice. Um, nice I just nice. felt like I wanted to do that. Um but yeah. Well, so you know what? Girl? Oh, it's good. I've been uh this week um it was a crazy week in terms of uh just work stuff and you know once work gets hectic it just turns your week in general is going to be hectic because it throws everything off right um and uh something else that i've been trying to do to hold myself accountable is to be a little bit more active and really try and work on my weight i've gained so much weight in the past year it's ridiculous so um i've been working on that trying to make sure i'm doing like you know whether it's going to the gym when i'm home or taking the extra long way back home or even coming home, even if I'm tired, like it doesn't take anything to do a 30 minute kind of mm-hmm. light. I won't do anything too intense. I'll do a low intensity because mm-hmm. I, I need to do a lot of cardio first before doing to anything too high intense because I don't know if I talked about it on the episode yet, but it's like, I need to come down a little bit before getting into any high intensity workouts. <laughs> I don't want right? to hurt myself, you know? So yeah, just really making sure that I'm working on that and stuff like that. And otherwise I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? I know you had an anniversary recently. How was that? Yes, First year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was nice. It was nice to spend time with the hubby and everything and mm-hmm. just kick back and relax and not have to be on the rat race, you know, on the hamster wheel. But, um, overall my week was pretty good but you know i wanted to mention since you 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 said that you know i've always been a thicker girl so i feel like weight loss has been a part of my life like mm. it's been my life mm-hmm. so one thing that i always say to any, anybody i hear that is holding themselves accountable and wants to do better with their weight just love yourself right through the process like every step of mm. the way whether you lose five inches or you lose 20 pounds Just love yourself right through the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because as women, I feel like sometimes we're so hard on on ourselves. The the Mm -hmm. world doesn't even have to tell you nothing. You'll do the job for them, right? So I know that I've been struggling. Girl, since (laughs) I had this child, I've been struggling ever since, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I envy those women who can just have a baby, push it out, and bounce back the next day. Like, they didn't even <laughs> look like they had a youth. Um, I, I'm not the one. I'm not the one. But you know what? Um, Just love yourself right through it. Because I know for me, I know myself, I'm always hard on myself. I'm the most critical of myself. So I have to literally tell myself that every day. Like, love myself right through the whole process. I'm not saying be comfortable. I'm saying love yourself through it. That's it. That's all. You know? I really appreciate that because I, I know what you mean. Yeah, because it's like sometimes, especially I think women listening, like if you're over 35, I'll say, 
Mm-hmm. I say I, I will say when I turned around 35 is when I noticed like before back in the day, like if I decided to be even a semi regular in my workouts in in being active, I would see a difference like right. before 35. Like even if like I was never like that everyday workout person, but I would probably do three or four times a, a day to make if I was in that just in a workout phase, right? Mm-hmm. Because I want to work on my weight or whatever. And I would see the difference within, a, you know, three or four weeks, I'd see the difference. I'm not saying I'm dropping a whole bunch of weight, but I'll see, okay, the work I'm doing, I can physically see it paying off. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord God, right? <laughs> it's like, girl, I, I'm like, I know I feel better. One thing I could say, at least the, the way it manifests is I do feel better. I feel stronger, but the weight isn't coming off. Like, how it used to, right? Like so you butter. To... I know. <laughs> I know. So I have to try and be a little bit more, I think, consistent and everything. Just working mm. out is not the issue, really. It's also like lifestyle and, and what you eat and, and all those things. But I, I love that advice. It's like, as long as you're working, you have a goal and you're working towards it, don't feel bad. You just no, have to. No, I, I, and I think that as women, we do that to ourselves so much. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually counterproductive when you think about it. Like really think about it. It's counterproductive to not be encouraging of yourself and love yourself right through it. Because who else is gonna do that? Nobody else, right? And it's your body, so you have to, you know what I mean? Like, you have to wake up with it. You're the one that's trying to make it better. So what's Mm -hmm. the point? I think it's counterproductive to be down and, oh, I didn't do this much, or I didn't do that much, or I didn't get this amount of weight off, and this and Nah, bro. Love yourself right through it. Because I know a lot of women in my life who are on a weight loss journey, and my mom Mm -hmm. is one of them, and she, like, she lost a ton of weight, you know, and she mm. made a promise to herself when she retired that she was really going to focus on her weight. And she has, and mm-hmm. she has lost a significant amount of weight. Um, and she wasn't that big to begin with in the first place, but mm-hmm. you know, um, I always say, you know, no one else is going to love you better than you will. So yeah, just love yourself right through it. You know, I, I feel like I've been on this journey for the last 10 years. <laughs> Mm. Ah, <laughs> My ten. No, but anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> no, 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 no. But for real, for real, like I, I've never been a small girl. I've never been small. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's something that I've had to deal with my whole life. And so I find different strategies so that I don't, cause I'll tear myself down before anybody else gets the chance. You understand? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've learned to love myself right through it, no matter what the stage is, you know, when you are where you're at, where you want to be and all of that. But I'm just saying, you know, from one sister to another sister who's in the struggles, <laughs> um, just mm-hmm. love yourself right through it. You know, um, every part of yourself, like even when you do drop that weight or when you don't drop that weight or when sometimes you hit a plateau, like love yourself right through it. Like it's, you have to love yourself regardless, no matter how big or small you are. So I'm just saying that's, that's my little uh, tad bit of advice or uh, (laughs) I don't know, but anyway, let's move on into these damn people. Okay. So we'll jump into the headlines. And uh, first 
<clears throat> we're going to jump in, jump into something local for us as uh, Torontonians or suburban Torontonians who live in Scarborough or who are from uh, Scarborough. Can, Scarborough. We no longer, oh. not, we, not both of us. Some of us don't still live in Scarborough, but it is. No, I don't, but a that's what I'm from. It's on my birth certificate, David. It's on my birth certificate. <laughs> Scarborough till I die, okay. bro. Yeah. Okay. So the Scarborough RT is pretty much, you know, we're going to have to say RIP to the Scarborough RT. It's a wrap. I was hearing stuff in the news about. The RT, a question of whether the RT was going to be put out of commission or whatever. But I'm like, really? That would be a huge, like, is it that bad? Like, basically, what I've, my understanding is that um, the RT was always meant to be um, something that needed to, like, I won't say temporary, but it, it was the way it was built is that it was supposed to be completely renovated or upgraded at some point in time. So say, um, I don't remember the amount of years, but let, let's say 30 years or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And they say, if 30 years, we're probably going to need to do a complete upgrade of this of this uh, system before, you know, for to, mm-hmm. keep it up, to keep it safe and reliable and, and whatnot. And so recently, I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks, uh, a month or two ago, it actually derailed. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, they said it was 35, 30, it's run for 35 years. And I believe it was only meant to run for maybe 25 or 30. So we really force this thing. And all of us in Scarborough know that the RT, as, as much as we depend on it, like, and I can explain to listeners, um, if you're not from the city, this is from our, this was the subway that took us to, this was the line or the train that took us to the main Toronto train. Right. So for where we live in Scarborough, there's a hub, which is the Scarborough town center. And everybody in the hub, we would go to this hub to get to the main train line. That's so right. everybody who works downtown, this is like literally the heartbeat um, or the, the vein yeah. of Scarborough to downtown to Toronto. Yeah. And so now the option is my nephew just got a new job and he was telling me like taking the shuttle is killing him. So we have to take buses from that station to another station instead of a train or that train was probably like five minutes tops. It probably took now you're to, you know, taking a bus from there in in rush hour is not pretty. (laughs) So a lot of people, so they held a funeral. So some local Scarbarians, (laughs) Went to gather it around this the RT at Scarborough Town Center and, and held a little um, vigil. <laughs> Hi, boy. <laughs> Real, no, honestly, though, it are... was an important part of Scarborough. <laughs> like the RT was a very important yeah. part of Scarborough. Um, mm-hmm. We never yeah, seen thirty. Mm-hmm, no, we what are you gonna say? Like, yeah. this- they said 35,000 people a day Jeez. depend on the RT. That's and a lot. That is a lot. I mean, I knew it was a lot, but that's, that's I don't a know lot that much, much. But okay, that's a lot. But you know what? Um, it, it blows me away how much, but it doesn't in the same breath because the RT was a vital, like you said, a vital vein to downtown. Mm. And mm-hmm. in in order for everybody who was in the suburbs to get downtown quickly, um they would take the RT and it would take you right to Kennedy, which is right on the line that you would need to get downtown. Mm -hmm. And when I say line, we have different, um, 
routes, uh, different tracks, and so yeah, they know. Yeah, people in this who live in a city, they know. Who, like New York, they should is like, know, right? Um, yeah. But if you're from outside of Canada, it it brought us to different it, to the main route to the main track mm-hmm. that everything was on that would get us downtown. But you know what? I'm a I'm a talk more about memories that I had growing up with RT. Oh, yeah. We have to Um, talk about that. RT (laughs) was the bomb.com. It was the fastest damn train you could get yourself yourself onto. It moved quick, like, real quick. Like, you didn't have to stand up and wait for the RT. There was no waiting for the RT. There was always a train coming. There was always Mm -hmm. a train. Um, It didn't have too many stops from uh, Scarborough Town Center to Kennedy Station. I think it was yeah, three five, or four stops. Five, five, five max. Yeah, yeah, five stops. And um, I remember a quick little story about R.I.P. to the R.T. But um, here's my story. <laughs> so one summer day, I'm a hot, fresh something little girl. You understand? Seventeen years old. Uh, meeting my friends downtown. Summertime. You know, you want to look cute and all this. Had my legs out and all sorts of things. My legs were all, you know, you have to put on your lotion because you can't be going dry and crusty, right? Okay. Nope. So I put on my lotion. The RT is the RT is fully, there's nobody here. It's where <laughs> you're starting on the RT, right? So the start point. So everybody gets on. But there was no one in the cart. This older Jamaican man comes onto the RT, sits down right beside me, yet the whole cart is open and free, Okay. And he says to me, how your legs look like fried dumpling. That was the first time in my life (laughs) that I felt this doesn't feel right. (laughs) Okay. Needless to say, I got up quick, fast, and in a hurry because he was trying to touch him some dumplings. Okay. And I got (laughs) off that RT quick, quick time. But I went into another cart. He got the picture. I moved on. I'll never mm. forget that day because I felt very like, um, this shouldn't be happening, you know? Yeah, 17. 17. He was, he, he, I could tell he was significantly older than me, like daddy age kind of thing, you know? Bridging okay. on grandpa age, you understand? Oh, so, yeah. yeah, but that was that was a funny moment that I had on the RT that I'll never forget. And then I, I made sure that when I hooked up with my friends, I told them the whole shenanigans. And they said, girl, the things I've been called in the RT. But you know what? What was What's something you could say about the RT? Because this is important to us, all y'all who don't understand the RT situation. I was... I was trying to, uh, I know their stories. That's a fact because like you said, like that is like, you know, especially when I was a teenager and I, when I had a, um, my high school job, I was, I took that like almost every day. Mm-hmm. But I don't, ha- I don't have one in particular, but I could say something that was kind of frustrating, but you know, when it was, um, rush hour and I'm sure this is not just true to the, there's some bus lines out there like this, but you needed to be savage if you needed to get on that train. Okay. Let me tell like you. everybody trying to, when, especially when you're coming from work, please. The way people would line up right at the edge, at they the don't edge. care about their safety. They're like, I am going to be in front of the line. Like you better make sure you're up, like shouldering your way in. Um, You will get left. Um, so it was very, I just remember being like, it kind of gave me anxiety sometimes 
when I was like working and I was take still taking TTC like back home. This is before I started taking the go train, but I was like, oh god, like I'm gonna have to like you know you you better like it's, I hate to say it, and maybe people who live in big cities can relate, but. You, yeah, you're gonna have to like you have to coach you know, yourself right through that. Like you have to coach. You're yourself. gonna have to shuffle your way. Yeah, you're gonna have to shuffle your way in. Uh, you can't be shy. Um, no. Again, we said that. Oh, they they said over thirty thousand people taking every day. Everybody's coming from work. They want to go home. Um, yeah, I remember that platform being pretty savage sometimes. It sure was. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, R.I.P. What... to the mm. Scarborough R.T. RT. So okay. Next, another local story before we get into our celebrity stuff. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I live close to a metro grocery store. And for the past few weeks, past few weeks, I've been seeing people with flags and signs and, and all of all the above. Um, and I, I, I bear, I think I heard something on the news, like, you know, in passing, about metro workers but like you know it didn't click until i started seeing the actual pickets like so obviously they're on strike um so me to getting to the point and they've been picketing and you know standing by the light and having their signs and their flags and 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 the like and obviously um the workers are striking because it's as usual when people union strike it's because of wages generally that's usually the the case and um it's been going on since a lot longer than i thought i think it i think it started actually in mid to late july so i'm here thinking it just started because i'm oblivious of what's going on <laughs> but it's actually been going on for a while and they are asking for so first of all i uh, i don't know if you know this a lot of grocery stores like say the Loblaws, like the, and the uh, even Walmart and mm-hmm. and Metro is now including into the group. They made record breaking profits, of course, within the last couple of years. Record breaking, of course, they did. Profits, right? Mm-hmm. And as you know, we've been talking about recently, food inflation. You know, inflation has taken place. Yep, it's real. and so mm-hmm. food is a lot costing a lot more. And their profits are continuing to grow, and cost of living as well with as what happens with inflation it has increased, yep. and their salary has not increased. Yeah. And so, something during the um, no, I'm sorry, pandemic when everything was kind of a little bit more uh, was more restricted, they had a two dollar an hour raise called Hero Pay. I mean that is kind of condescending, but whatever, we'll go with it. Was uh, they obviously got a little bit more wages because obviously as people, um, what did they call them? Frontline workers. Um, so, you know, they got a little bit more and I don't know when it ended, but obviously it ended and they want at least that reinstated. They are seeing from workers who have been there from 2013 to 2022 have not had more than a 15% raise. That is very little. And their profits have increased by 26%. Yeah. 26%. 26%. So within the same raises were only 15% over that long period of time. That's almost 10 years, Jesus. right? And then profits have increased like 25%. So, so you our, have, so in other words, you have more mm-hmm. than enough money mm-hmm. to pay your employees, period. Exactly. And so, um, 
Yeah, and and that's what it comes down to. And they're saying, I was kind of curious to be like, what would a full-time work? Like, we know part-time workers. It's harder with part-time workers. So I won't even use a part-time mm-hmm. worker, although 70% of their workforce are part-time that's workers. Right. But they're saying, I, be- I believe the part-time workers are making like maybe sixteen fifty in that range or sixteen sixty an hour for part-time. And a full-time clerk or something, a full-time person is making like, mm, I think it was like I saw... Uh, like 22 or something, which is not bad. But I mean, depending, like, you know, I don't actually don't know what's bad or good, but you know what can remedy this? I'll tell you Mm -hmm. one thing. If, if these grocery stores such as Metro don't want to actually give their employees money, right? Mm. The way to remedy this is every single employee should shop for free. Yes. You know what? That's a point that uh, one of the articles I read where they were speaking to a full-time clerk who works there, and this isn't even somebody who's on the floor, the one of their accounting clerks mm-hmm. who probably works in the office, who said that uh, I can't even afford a bag of groceries um, at Metro. Like I like, which is which is sad. Which puts it in perspective. Which is yeah, sad. exactly right. I, and the reason why I make that suggestion is because you know, as of late, I've been watching on uh, YouTube. These dumpster divers, okay? Mm. And they literally will go into these garbages and take out things that are brand spanking new. No, there's nothing wrong with them, but most grocery stores have to throw products away. Yeah, they have to. Okay. Yeah. So they're not they're not bringing it to the local food banks. They're not giving mm. it to their employees. They're literally throwing it into the garbage. So if you can afford to throw it into the garbage, then none of your employees your employees should have to pay for groceries. Now, I understand that, that you know, people try to, you know, when you give them a good thing, sometimes they try to take advantage of the system and bring everybody and their mother. If you're an employee, you'd have to there there can be checks and balances in place to make sure that your employees are the only ones shopping at your store. All around, it will um, keep your employees happy. It will bring up morale because now they don't have to take that money out of their paycheck and pay for the grocery. Mm. It would cut down significantly on food costs or our waste. Okay, and 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 most importantly, your employees will be okay with working for minimum wage if. I think on average, I heard the other day that people spend up to 10 to 15% of their income on groceries now, right now with inflation. So if I don't have to spend 10% of my income on groceries, yeah, damn right. I'm going to be skip, skip to my loo. I'll be, I'll be in the <laughs> aisle. I'll be smiling to all the, all of the other uh, customers. I'll be having a good old funky mm. time. Cause if it's not money you want to give me, some shape or form, they should be, you know, they should definitely be looked after. And it's a win-win all around, if you ask me. But you see, there's something called capitalism out there, you know? And yeah. the big old dirty dog called capitalism doesn't want people to succeed. Because you need a middle class in order for capitalism to even exist. So you need people like you and I who are working our ass off, who works for a grocery store, who can't even buy the flipping groceries from the grocery store they work at. Isn't that sad? That's capitalism at its worst. Mm-hmm. It, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't make or break. It wouldn't make or break the company at all. 
but that's just my yeah. little, little suggestion. I'm not a uh, business owner. That's a, yeah, that's actually that's actually a good suggestion. And I think if they're just asking, again, I I don't know I I, I don't know the exact list of things, but I mean, I'm saying if one of the asks is to get the two dollar raise that they already were doing during the pandemic, I don't feel like it's asking for too much. Um, two percent. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. Not two percent. Well, it's not two percent. Two dollars. Two dollars. Well, two dollars is still nothing. Yeah, and so they're just asking um, to be able to afford the groceries at the store that they work for. At this point, right? And so I love that suggestion about the free groceries. Um, but we'll see. And before we move on, like I think the last tactic, the most recent news is obviously they've been picketing at the stores. But I know earlier this week, that's why it was on my radar. Um, they went to the distribution center um, and they blocked off all the trucks. They're going to the stores. So the the strikers are getting serious. And they're getting smarter and smarter as you think about it, you know, because... Yeah, they need to start affecting the business. Yeah, and and, and they're finding ways to affect the business. They're going right to the distribution center. They're not even messing with the store no more. They're like, forget the picketing in front of the store. The store ain't going to do nothing. People are still going in and out and shopping and whatever. It's getting more products to the store. You remember in Ottawa? Remember what they were the truckers were doing in yes, Ottawa when they had the what? What did they call that again? It's so funny. It was a protest like, of some kind. Just the other day. I just forget what it was for. But they did have it. Did have a name. It did like that's why I was trying to remember the truckers. Oh, I guess it was like the, uh, the truckers or whatever. But anyway, same um, kind of yeah, same was... deal. They they you cut them off at the source, right? And so, um, <laughs> just give the damn people some money. Stop it. Okay, yeah. you greedy ass sufferers. Yeah. Give them the damn money so they can spend it at your damn store. <laughs> that's the that's the other part. <laughs> that's the other part. If you gave them the money, yeah. right? They're more inclined because they're working to spend it at your store. So I mean, if these, you know, higher ups were to just think about it. But anyway, it's capitalism. What can you do? Anyway, yeah. What what are you going to do? So, yeah, we will move on. So, you know, hoping for the best for those workers. It's tough. Um, We're in a capitalist world, but hey. Uh, Next story uh, that was in the headlines. Our our girl, Miss Halle Berry. Yes, Halle. Halle Berry. Damn, another one. So Halle Berry is actually happily in a relationship now. But a few years ago, her last, the last father, mm-hmm. she has two children. And so the father of her son, Olivier Martinez, they uh, did a, they settled um, a, custody, a joint custody order type of situation. Um, and this is, they've been broken up since they said they divorced eight years ago. So that's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And the result of that back and forth is that she is going to pay $8,000 a month in child Jeez. support and share joint, oh, I know, eh? And share joint custody. I mean, for us regular working folk, that is ridiculous. But I guess for somebody like um, him, forget Holly. We know that's peanuts for Holly. Well, um, but I even don't know, for her. But okay. Yeah, well, I mean, true. We don't know. Hallie hasn't been at really super active in the acting world, but I feel like she has a couple of things going where 
I feel like Halle's money is, is no, good. No, I'm not going to say that Halle's that money is... isn't long. It's long. <clears throat> but it's shortening <clears throat> by, the, by, by, the, by the month. $8,000. You know, and, 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 shortening by the yeah, month. Yeah, it's true. But, um... That is not, it's not chump change by any means mm-hmm. at all. Even for, even for a wealthy person, I think, because if you think about it a month, like, and then you do eight times 12, that's 48,000. That's somebody's that's salary. Um, okay. That's her assistant <laughs> salary. <laughs> right. So <laughs> exactly. And they're saying that she must also pay him um, 4% Jeez, of any income. She just has a any hand income- in her pocket margin. Jeez, son. <laughs> Wait. So yeah, four percent of any income she receives over two million. That is what was really insulting. Like I'm not okay. You get the eight thousand, fine, buddy. But you mean to tell me he needs to get four percent of my money? Backside feisty. Listen, mm. that is wild. This is what I'm saying and like okay, we know Halle Berry for doing awesome work in the late. No, early two thousands. Yeah, she. I would say up until the like two thousand ten, she like was the, steady. The teens. Yeah, she was steady working up until then. But the last ten years, nah, no, man, not she really. hasn't been doing anything. She's been sitting down raising her children, and that's fine. That's great. No, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Like, hey, kudos to you, Hallie. But we need to see you in something. We need to see you doing something. We need to see you on a show of some kind. We need to do something. Hallie? But maybe that's the reason why she hasn't been working. She's like, these. if I work, I have to give money to... First of all, we can't forget her first uh, baby father, the model, who even yes. was even worse. She, she, she recently, I think we talked about it on the show, she just recently dealt with that situation to bring that amount. She was paying him a ridiculous amount of money. I think she was paying him at least like 16 or something like that. Minimum 16 See? a month to that guy. And then now um, you have this guy too. So that's a lot of money. It adds up. Like we just said, that's $48,000 a year. That's the that's somebody's salary. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's somebody's salary. And he's not doing a damn thing to help you, girl. He's just doing what he should be doing, which is taking care of his children. Um... Hallie, girl, you have to sit down with them and renegotiate. We have to go back and ask for a reevaluation because you're not working like that, girl. Not only that, but we see what's happening out in Hollywood. You, it's not like you're going to come up with work anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I might want to go back to the judge in maybe another six months or so and say, nah, fam, can't afford. Okay. Or these children are gonna have to stay with me because this is too, this is too much. Um, it's a lot of money. Yeah, and because what we're not yeah, forgetting right probably... is that we only hear how much she is to pay to the, the her ex. We don't hear yeah. about all of the legal fees that she's gonna have mm-hmm. to pay to get to the point where she's making eight thousand dollar payments to her ex. So all of the legal yeah. proceeding for both matters are on her shoulders. And I know speaking that I can, I work in the law all the time. It could be hefty. It could be really hefty. It could almost amount to more than what she would have to pay one of those exes for the year. So I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like that takes into account. Right. And she's fighting. She just fought one. Now she has to come back again. Hallie, how come you pick these mans them that are one for tech heritage? Lord Jesus, how come she picked them? 
the thing is, the thing is, she had chill. The thing is, she was smart in going in with a prenup with when she married. She didn't marry her first, um, that her first baby father, but she married Olivier, right? And he was an actor too, and he was not like he's not Tom Cruise or anything, but I think he was. He was okay. Like he got yeah, jobs. Yeah, but he still came right? for her money. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I would say le- recently I haven't really seen or heard much about him really since Me this too. relationship. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> so it even it's embarrassing for him even too. Like he's doing it, but it's like it looks even embarrassing because like oh damn times are hard, buddy. Because you need to you need eight thousand dollars a month. You need it's like if he was you know. It's almost better if he was asking for more, but it's like you need eight thousand dollars a month. Um, so it's it's unfortunate, but it's 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 just that you know the judge they can ask for these exorbitant amounts of money because unfortunately she probably has assets and such outside of let's like forget all the money we know we've seen her um accumulate in her career. Because at one point in time she was at one of the top earning she was pretty up there in terms of earnings. Like she was net she was like, you know. For a woman, a black woman, she was doing pretty good for herself, right? Um, but on principle, I think it's disgusting. Yeah, she has done really um, well for herself. The thing is, and and that's I think the part but the thing that really is, kills um, me is that all of it is gonna go towards child support. But well, well not, not all, all of it, it but, but I mean, seeing that you're not, mm-hmm. you don't. She doesn't have it coming in. I'm sorry. She doesn't have it coming in. No, but the thing is, just because she's not acting, remember, there's investments, there's business. Like she, I know she has some fitness oh, thing. She okay. has some she, side she, thing. She's she doing that's doing pretty good. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, and I'm saying, I think she's done. I think she's, trust me, they wouldn't be able to ask this amount of money from her if she didn't have, have it, right? And um, I think she fought a lot harder this time because she saw what happened with the first baby father. And she's like, I am not going to get screwed because she was paying him a ridiculous amount of money. I think this is fair. And uh, unfortunately, the only thing is that this boy, the little boy she had with Martinez is nine. So at least another Mm -hmm. nine years before she has, she's going to have to be paying him. But I think she can afford it. And I hope, but but I do hope that she, she challenges it again, but probably now she just, you know, this is what it is for now. She's going to yeah, let it Yeah, she rock. has to let it simmer for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think she's good. <laughs> All right. So mm-hmm. we will we'll move on from the uh, life-sucking uh, exes. <laughs> it's like, that's why women... You know what? That's the thing. It's like, sometimes you're like, oh, you love and all these things. But at the end of the day, when you're in a marriage, more or less, they have a child that came out of the marriage. That's why you don't want to have a, a, a partner that's... A, like it sucks. There's a double standard from the woman to the mm-hmm. man, but that's why sometimes the man having a man, even though you can make the life with them and everything is good, it's like if things crumble, you're like we've seen it. Mary, Mary J. Blige, it's like the fact that he he some men are shameless enough to come after your money, and sometimes it's the bro, it's the ones that don't have much going for them who are the most shameless. Well, yeah, so or um, the most greedy, you know, <laughs> um, especially with greedy, Mary J. Yeah. Blige. Her ex, yeah. Him Ooh. and his daughter are damn near ridiculous, Ooh. trying to drain everything that Mary Ooh. has. Mary should kind of, not to say she should be retiring, but she should be taking it easier in her career now. Yes, but she yeah. can't do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. because she has to pay the alimony. Um, 
prenup ladies prenup prenup i mean you get if you have the kids you're screwed but i mean at least do the prenup because if 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 she if this could have been worse if they didn't have a prenup mm-hmm. right in terms of the money she'd have to pay martinez anyway we're going to move on to another disgusting man oh Irv this Gotti, one, he needs to get over AKA, himself like i can't he's too much Irv the perv aka perv Gotti. Um, so we talked about, we had an episode, literally, I think it was called Irv the Perv, listeners. <laughs> and uh, when he first was bringing up the relationship that he had with Ashanti back in the day, you know, Murder, Inc., Virahad, and she was a princess of Murder, Inc., and he dropped that bomb um, following her interview at the Breakfast Club when she mentioned that um, she was going to re-record a couple of her albums with her hits because she doesn't own the masters and Irv wouldn't give her the masters. So she was doing this to get her money right. She's doing a she's doing a Taylor Swift, and I I really respect that. It's like, you know, somebody screwed you over, and you're like, no, 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 I'm not I'm not gonna let roll right? over and let you win. And he was he was upset about that clearly, for him to go on a uh, it was Drink Champs with um, what's his name. What's the Puerto Rican guy's name? What, 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 Fat what? Joe? What's his name? No, he's not. A no, 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 no. Oh, Noriega. Drink Champs. Yeah, he's the host of, yes, yeah, Drink Champs. And so he was on there, and that's when he dropped that. And then so fall, everybody was disgusted, and we, we talked about it. Everybody was talking about it, right? And there was a fallout. And then following that, not too long after, like, you know, a few weeks after, I think people were asking Fat Joe, who was also, like, very close to Irv Gotti, and the whole um, Murder, Inc. crew, like, he was cool with them. And he said, you know what, that was, you know, he straight up said that um, what he, he pretty much said he, he was disrespect, disrespecting Ashanti. He found that disrespectful to talk about that um, and pretty much called out Irv Gotti. And so, you know, he said that was a sucker move or something like that. Um, so recently within the last week, I think it was last weekend, Irv Gotti was on drink champs again, same Mm -hmm. show. And I don't know how it came up. And I almost feel like he literally went on the show to address this fat, his problem with fat Joe and Irv Gotti said that, yeah, him and Joe, fat Joe are not in good terms. And he feels like they're not brothers anymore because of what fat Joe said online about Irv Gotti's behavior and his comments about um, Ashanti. And so he went on and said, um, he said on the show, Fat Joe was my brother. I do not feel Fat Joe is my brother anymore. I guess it's a cancer trait because once you show me who you are, speak negatively about me, it's over. Well, you know, those cancers are very mm-hmm. sensitive. Um, <laughs> sure are. And, um, <laughs> And um, speak negatively about me and his defense, his defense and Jaws defense is they do shows with Ashanti, but rule would never come out and say, Gotti's a sucker. Uh, Fat Joe said, Gotti's a sucker. I got to pull back and regress from that because if I was to go and respond or anything, it could get crazy. He never apologized. He was on some, if you, if I'm your brother, I should be able to tell you you're wrong. Okay, I'll stop yeah, there. He goes crying. on and on and on. Um, yeah, but he's saying like, I mean, what I'm, what I could give him is, or on terms in terms of being upset or being like wants to like be distant from Fat Joe is, I guess maybe Fat Joe could have called him, um, 
whether it didn't, it didn't have to be before, it could have been after, but I think maybe if, if you really are, if that's your bro, bro, like you're saying, then once you say that publicly, you should be able to get on the phone with him, but maybe you didn't get a chance. Maybe he called him and then Irv Gotti shut it down because he was just like pissed. Right. But, um, Irv Gotti, first yo, of all, Irv Gotti is too damn emotional. Okay. Like, he has his yeah, panties right? in a knot, like constantly. Like it's constantly in a in a in a knot. Like, and the way that he <laughs> goes about it too, it just makes him such a yeah. It's really bitch like. Like, Irv, you need to go sit down, have several seats someplace, okay, and tell people who actually give a damn. Nobody cares. Nor does Ashanti or Fat Joe. If you don't like them anymore, oh well, keep it pushing. Like, I find that Irvgadi, when he needs, when he's hard up for cash, he goes on drink champs Mm. and starts talking about Mm. people who are doing more successful than him, such as Ashanti and Fat Joe. And you go in there crying like a little bitch about things that honestly are so insignificant to both Ashanti and Fat Joe. They don't care. They've Mm. moved on with their career. They've moved on with their life. And so should you stop going on drink champs, crying your your tattoo tears on stupidness. Like, honestly, go make a hit. That's what I need you to do. I need you to go hook up with your, your boy Ja Rule and go make a damn hit someplace. Like, that's what I need you to do. Because this just looks so panty-ish. Like, it just looks so, like, (laughs) are you serious? Like, anytime... You hear from Irv Gotti, it's him crying about 20 years ago and his relationships that have ceased. It's done. It's over. Let it go. They have, they've moved on and they've left you in their dust. So please, nobody cares. Like, I can't stand Mm. him. He just makes, he's such a pom-pom about it. Like, first of all, he, he likes to mention things that, Obviously, we're between Fat Joe and himself or Ashanti and himself. So he likes to be one of those AKA friends that when you're no longer friends with them, they want to chat out your business. That's who he is. That's the type mm. of person he is. And I'm sorry, I can't get down He's with that. like that. Um, lastly, go fix your life. Go fix your life. You have a lot of turmoil in your life right now. And I think you should focus on that. You know what I mean? I'm hearing his kids, they don't like yeah. him too much. His ex-wife, you know, draining him for whatever money he mm. has left. There's a whole lot of stuff. How about you go out there and go do what you do best, which is make music? How about you go do that, okay? Well, what was so funny is, outside of that that mention, so moving past the, shot, mm-hmm. like the Fat Joe thing, which is like... Yeah, now that I know he's a cancer, it explains so much. It does, but even <laughs> this is like to the tenth um, degree. Like, yeah, because you're yeah, an older man. Like, like come like, on, come it's not on. like you're, you're young. being he's such a body fish. Well like, into I can't his 50s. deal with him. Like, he's just too much. Like, stop whining. So, um, yeah. So uh, something else that he said on the interview that I thought was kind of wild was uh I guess guess um they're uh, talking about I guess relationships or girls or whatever if he's dating or whatever and he said he made this comment and I was like he's like these women you're so bold like you know back in the day they would be like 
you know, whatever. But he's saying now, like within two weeks, they're asking for like 25K. I had a girl, I had a Spanish girl and she, she just straight up asked for like 25K or something like that. And I, and I was like, okay, but don't you, (laughs) I thought that was crazy for him to be a little bit, pretty much he was bitching about it. But it's like, why else? If you're dating a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old, why do you think they're with you? They're not with you because uh, you're attractive. They're not with you because you're not even your name because you you were hot 20 years ago. In terms of your name, your name is not really that relevant to somebody who's 25 years old, to be honest. That's it. What Your money. They're only with you with money for money. Really, like even like I told you, if he's dating a twenty-five-year-old, they might not necessarily really know him like that, <coughs> like know his Excuse influence mm-hmm. and his strut. But um, so it's like you have to accept that. Just be like Diddy. Diddy knows, like yeah, he's Diddy, but he's also like you know what? I have a girl. I have to spend. I have a young woman on my arm. I have a model on my arm. I have whoever on my arm. I gotta spoil them. Yeah, and well, that's what I it think- is. Hold on, though. Because I feel like Diddy is doing it for a different mm. purpose. I think... I know. Diddy does yeah, have a different... Diddy is yeah, doing it, it is only... Mm. I think he does that. Like, he lavishes the woman that he's with because mm-hmm. you gotta be up to his standard. So if you're not walking on mm-hmm. the red carpet looking the best beside him, you ain't walking with him. Because... No, for real. Like, I think he he showers his women with gifts no, I feel, because I he wants to make sure that they mm-hmm. fit his aesthetic. So, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. give you money to go to the spa. Do your nails. Get your hair done. Get a nice dress. Like, like right? Kanye. I'm going to do all of that. Okay, Kanye, Kanye right? 2.0. But make sure you put all that shit mm-hmm. on when you're walking with me. Okay? Make sure you got mm-hmm. all that tight <laughs> while you're walking with me. Because you can't just be... Someone like at P. Diddy's, you know, his level, you can't just have a regular, regular schmegular somebody beside you. Even if you look at Carisha, yeah. he elevated Carisha since she's been with him. She ha- I he has. I, I, I do don't agree. care what nobody wants to tell mm-hmm. me because she was a city girl. Okay. And mm-hmm. all the attire that comes with that. And then she stepped up with mm. Diddy. And you can see in just her attire, it has changed drastically from her being that city girl. I agree. Even in I her lyrics. That. Yeah, that's true. You know, even in her and what she's talking about, like, it's not just, oh, I want to wear Gucci. No, she's talking about, you know, uh, uh, Hermes and, and Cartier and real, like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking... Like Cartier, for instance, is is a brand that will never go anywhere. It only uh, appreciates mm. if you buy something from them. Yeah. Um, and it's world renowned. It's even better than mm. I would say it. Nah, maybe not. Maybe Chanel. They're on the same level, but Gucci. Oh, please, Chanel. I'll put Chanel on the same level. Well, no? Cartier <laughs> and Chanel, they're in the same room. Yeah, I do agree because Chanel appreciates right? They're as well. in the same room. They're, Chanel appreciates But Gucci, once you had Gucci Bane, put it on your shit. Nah, bah. nah, enough. The value. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not a good brand. I'm not saying that. But when we're talking yeah, about yeah. a difference of quality, we're talking about a difference of name, 
world-renowned name. Gucci and Cartier, can, they can't, they're not even in the same atmosphere, right? And so you can tell mm-hmm. even with Carisha and how she talks and her raps and, and the brands that she's throwing out and stuff like that have changed drastically from when she came out as a city girl because she thought Gucci was end-all, be-all to it all. Yo, she's even, she's now even, listen, she's coming, she's like, if we can't forget, uh, Thank Carisha, you. please, uh, her show as well, like, he, that alone, outside of the fashions and the taste that he's brought to her, um, that's another big thing, so totally, totally get what you're saying there. Yes. But anyway, that's the, that's the, uh, all dirty old men portion yes. of the, and of the show. Please, please get it together. Stop. It, it just doesn't look good <laughs> that you're in this business and you constantly are complaining about other artists or other people in the business. I just think personally, you look kind of salty. You look so salty that nobody really wants to fuck with you. Like nobody's trying to make any music with Irv Gotti. Sorry. That's just the reality. No. Because you need to stretch right. up your mouth. You need to close up your lips a little bit. You, your lips need to tighten. You know, like, geez, he's too much. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll move on from Irv Gotti and his old ass. Yeah. So we're going to go quickly. Um, We had to talk about, uh, so uh, this past week was the World Track and Field uh, yes. Championships. And our girl, our girl Shakiri Richardson showed up. We had an episode about Shakiri about a year, uh, a couple years ago, when a little bit after all the drama happened with her, with you know losing her spot on the the Tokyo Olympic team, and just that whole drama that she went through up into them having the championship race, and she came dead, dead yes. last. I... Um, remember, I think we, I think I went in a little bit much on. I, I think I, I don't think I went in. No, I, I went in on her because I was like, you um, talk too damn episode. much, and now you want to lose this damn race. <laughs> But that's okay. She came. She came back to <laughs> shut me up. Good. That's okay. Yeah. So recently, um, she won gold, uh, for the women's one hundred. She won silver in the women's two hundred meter. And today, I was watching the one by one, and she took the U.S. Yes. home for them to win gold in the. For 100 women's 400 one by one and us got actually the men's 400 sorry four by 100 as well and um yeah the us as usual the us is always going to rack it up that's not even a question but i think the the the, the highlight of the us team was shakiri pretty much redeeming herself on the world stage um and if we were paying attention to her all year then you knew that was entirely yes, possible was. for her to get that gold and the only woman who had a chance of taking that chance, that gold away from her was Mm -hmm. Sharika Jackson and uh, Sharika got caught by surprise. Um, (laughs) Everybody watched that race. I don't want to, it's actually a really exciting, one of the more exciting Mm -hmm. races Um, as well as a woman's one by one amazing race. The 200 Sharika Jackson blaze up the track to win gold. So, um, that was crazy. And the other big story was Noah Lyles mm-hmm. from the US. He's a male sprinter. And um he got the men's he was trying to come after Bolt. I mean, 
it's fine to set goals. I mean, I think the times, based on the times he was putting up, I don't think he was there yet, but he was trying to come after Bolt's um, records. And, I mean, he did meet his goal of being the 100-meter and 200-meter chat champion, which was Bolt was the last person who was able to do that. So kudos to Noah Lyles of the USA. Our Jamaican yes. men are coming up. They need the women to have it on lock, but... The men are very young, but they're coming up. They, I saw some great things from there, too. So World Champs is on. Check up the highlights on YouTube if you're a track and field buff um, like myself. It was very exciting and um, exciting to see um, the final. What's final next? Tomorrow, in terms of races, the final event, I think, is a 4 by 400 And Jamaicans oh. are in both. And the U.S., yeah, and the oh the women aren't the women aren't the U.S. women aren't in it. They got disqualified, so that sucks for them. But anyway, hoping for Jamaica gets another couple of medals on yes, their this is where we world championship. Hall. In the track in the field. This is where we yeah. excel. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. So big Shakiri, up Jamaica. You are the fastest woman this year, um, and so yes, you yep. did definitely come along to shut everybody up. You did shut me up, and I'm going to tell yep. you congratulations to you. <laughs> um, I know you were going through mm-hmm. a lot. I know you were going through a lot, but God had your back, and look at the success. It's like the extreme opposite of what had happened a couple years ago, and um, we're really proud of you, girl, and you held it down, and, and whoever yeah. is training you, they're our hot commodity. Whoever is training you, they did yeah. the damn thing. They helped you to, I, I mean, like we just talked about before, it's not like her, her scores weren't consistent. They were. Um, it just, mm. I think she mm-hmm. needed that extra edge and now she's got it. Um, now she needs to, Yeah. she's had she's a little not- bit of training in the publicity area. Um, you know, she's not, mm-hmm. you know, she knows what to say and how to say it um, now. And um it's nice to see this young black girl who everybody was counted out, even to an extent me, come back to show us all that we should never, ever, ever count her out because she was the underdog and now she has come to run the show. So congratulations to you, girl. And we'll see what these Jamaicans got to do, what they're going to do. We know what they can do. We see what they can do. So, Mm -hmm. um, Good luck to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finally, um, recently, I saw a concert. This is a music thing before we move on to our segment. Um, with Lauren, uh, They had the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Um, and they, they streamed the concert, some of the concert on YouTube. So I saw some of the, like, I think it was um, Queen Latifah. I saw LL Cool J. I think LL Cool J might have been one of the, holding the concert. Um, but I saw a performance of Nas and Lauren, he brought mm. out Lauren Hill because, you know, they have a song together, yeah. If I Ruled the World. And then she did a set, a, a very small set of some of her songs and the Fuji mm-hmm. songs, even though the Fujis were not there. Shortly after, so I think it was last week, uh, Lauren Hill announced that it is the 25th anniversary of the miseducation wow. of Lauren Hill. And so she is going to be going on tour and the Fugees will be opening for her. And that is in September next month. How is month. that possible? So, if, if, um, <laughs> is, 
Yeah, the prize. Are you the prize? Well, I don't know. The thing is, the thing is, I saw a concert with them. They had the the Roots mm-hmm. Festival this summer, and Proz Proz was there. So I don't know if what's going if there's a delay in it. Maybe it wasn't sentenced the yet. So he's not I think down Pro- to the espionage. Um, <laughs> well, he, not he's not yet. locked okay, up yet. Well, so. let's go on tour then. Based on those charges that we saw, excuse me, um, those are pretty serious. But he's not locked up yet. But you know how sometimes you have the you have the um, you have the court date, but like he's this sentencing. He the sentencing hasn't wow. happened yet. I feel, and so he's yes. he's still free. And while he's free, Get uh, why in. not? So looking forward to that. I personally have seen her. I've seen her once. Um, I think it was like twenty seventeen. Um, and she was touring with Nas actually mm-hmm. at that time too. And um, I know the 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 one thing that people say, first of all, amazing. Like Lauren is not; she's going to give you something. It may even it may not be what you came for, but she's going to give you something, right? And so i uh, i don't I don't doubt it will be a good show. But she's I think she has said from the the announcement that she does plan on performing the songs as mm-hmm. they were because that is one of the complaints that pe- people have who have seen her is that she has rearranged most of that music so when you go obviously you recognize the song but it is arranged differently so you you might be trying to sing along with you might win one but you really lost Wait, why one she you want to sing that but like she's gonna but she'll she'll switch she'll switch it up um, but she has promised for this concert these songs will be performed as mm-hmm. we know them, which is amazing. And um, I can't wait. And I'm really happy that the Fugees will be on the tour with her because I saw them do a mini um, concert for uh, at the Roots. It was at the Roots Festival. They performed together, and honestly, it was it was really beautiful. Um, to, to hear them and see them perform again. And, and we can't forget like Buffalo's like the Fuji's mm-hmm. album. Like if you go back and listen to that Fuji's album, yep. goosebumps, like, and it's so crazy. They were so young. They were like, I don't even know. It's like, we, it's so sad that we can't get music like that anymore. I think it's like, it's actually pretty sad. So it's always nice to go back and, and listen to like the mm-hmm. pure artistry and passion that they those guys had for for hip hop music back in the day. So, yeah, excited. So that was our music news. We're gonna move into our first segment, which is Wagwan Free. And in this segment, we are going to be talking about one of the bigger stories that came out this week about or the past two weeks about the football player Michael Orr um who was the subject yep. of the movie The Blind Side amazing movie very beautiful movie i love it. i've seen that movie a handful multiple times so good and so um essentially he has come out um with a lawsuit or suing the family of the, you know the family that quote unquote supposedly adopted him which we now know he wasn't adopted um, Sean and Leanne Tui, um, and he has he is uh, filed a petition to end the actual conservatorship conservatorship that they had over him. 
Um, and that's pretty much his claim that um, they were he was misled into thinking that the documents that were signed were for an adoption versus an actual conservatorship. So the husband has since gone to mm-hmm. the media and mentioned that the reason and explained the reason why it was a conservatorship and not an adoption is because when they did this, I believe he was there's, this is what he's saying. I don't know, but he was saying, which it could be true. Um, or her was over 18 when they did that. So you can't adopt somebody who's over 18, which obviously that makes sense to me. That's logical, but it's not the fact that he did a conservatorship. It's the fact that you misled the person to thinking that, it was an adoption versus an actual conservatorship because we know with Brittany, a conservatorship gives the guardian, whoever is a holder of the conservatorship, rights to, in this case, what we really know what's important is a financial mm. control. Right? Um, well, yeah. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> how mm-hmm. I feel about this gentleman, we were having briefly a conversation about this and I wanted to ask, um, why? That's my whole thing. Why? Mm-hmm. Why now? Why at all? The conservativeship, uh, he started, I believe, when he was 18. And he started that because mm-hmm. at the age of 18, they couldn't adopt him. And so he used mm-hmm. this yeah. conservativeship as a way for them, for him to be in their family. Right? And... Um, mm-hmm. Right. So Blindside, we discovered, was in 2013, I think, or 2010. And um, mm-hmm. he's now coming to say this. Why? Your money tight. Your mm-hmm. money hard up. What's the, what's the deal? Of course. Because mm-hmm. I just don't understand Probably. why you would do this to these people now. You know, um, I know there's a, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of ending the conservatorship and stuff, I, I totally understand that, right? But by the time you mm-hmm. were the age of like 20, 25, you're making your own money, you're successful, you're able to keep yourself a, afloat on your own. Why didn't you take it off then? I just don't understand mm-hmm. why. I feel like the timing is speaking volumes to me. Um, The timing for me, it seems too contrived. It seems too obvious. You're hard up. And now you're Mm -hmm. coming for the one set of parents that actually cared to be your parent. Um, And I find it really hard, you know, what I'm about to say might rub some people the wrong way, but I really don't care. Um, Why are you going to bite the hands that feed you? These people, you decided you were 18 years of age and you wanted these people to be your parents. You went out of your way to be a part of their family. They helped to get you in spaces that you probably wouldn't have gotten into if you didn't have them on your on your side. Okay? Let's just call mm-hmm. a spade a spade. Um, who you are today is primarily because of them. So I find it very insulting. I find it very um, concerning 
that he would think that now is the time to go and do this. He has written a book as well, um, which in his book, from my, I haven't read the book myself, but from my understanding, he compliments and, and gives lots of praises and gratitude towards these people who decided to be his parents. So I just, I, 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 I think maybe there's something that I don't know or something that's not being said. Um, but I find it very strange that he's decided to now try to sue those same parents that he chose. He chose yeah, well, well, here's what I'm going to say. I think you're taking, okay, that's one way to look at it. And I'm going to look at it, the dark side of it for me, for the for these two white, these two white people or white folks, the twoies, let me call them by their name, the, the twoies. I'm going to look at the dark side of this. And um, at the end of the day, like, you're asking the question why. I think it doesn't matter why? Because if if you're screwed over, it's good. It's better if you're catching that you got screwed over now, then it's better to catch catch them now because it's based on principle, right? And so the the dark side of this is these people. Um, yes, the boy was in need, and 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 somehow you stepped in in whatever way they so that they say that they did, and they gave him somewhere to stay and fed him and clothed him, and and that's good. But you know, there are people who will do things for you when they know there's something they can get some something back in return. It doesn't mean like you didn't do that you didn't yeah. do right by them, right? But that there is a there is a darkness in what you're doing for them in that you yeah, expect something right. in return. And from what I understand, unlike the movie, he was already on a track. He was already known as a talented football player and the movie makes it look like they kind of pushed him into football, but he was already mm -hmm. playing football, right? Um, but he did have a bad family home and no stability. So obviously this family, I without a doubt agree that the fact that he was with the connections that this family had was the reason why he was able to go into a D1 school and eventually get drafted. I, I, I don't doubt that. But two things that I think is really dark that they did where I don't, where I'm like, yeah, like get, get what you get what you're owed. It's just a matter of principle. Right. Um, first of all, the fact that they they made them made it seem like it was an adoption. Right. Right. Because that's fine. If you didn't, if you didn't, it's fine. If it's, we understand now you explain it. I'm like, yeah, you can't adopt an 18 year old. That's makes total sense. But why did you not say that at the time? Why did you make it seem like it was an adoption? That is the first dark, dark sided thing that they did. Second dark sided thing they did is when they signed the release their rights for the movie uh, that people are keep on mentioning oh they split a certain amount amongst the family and when they split it, the amount it was 14k that is only the amount of uh the flat amount so let's say they agreed to 200,000 mm -hmm. for the story but what people are forgetting is that they also yes, 225,000 they they signed their story over to the movie execs for plus plus 2.5 of all the future defined net pro proceeds contingent on or signing so or mm -hmm. is a football player here's where it gets nasty and why i can't like i, I get what you're saying is why bite the hand that feeds you but it's like on principle these people were 
greedy and and misleading. Again, they don't mm-hmm. need them. They're wealthy already, but it's like, why would you take advantage of of this person? Then, if you're good, then why do you need to like essentially kind of steal from him? Um, so, two point five of future um, defined net proceeds. That movie, I think I saw that that movie net mm-hmm. over three hundred million. So if you're if so two point five, even if you want to take off. Whatever taxes, whatever fees, two point five. Even let's say two percent right? of three hundred million is a shit ton of money. We're not talking right? about a and young man anymore. This is an this is a grown man. Yeah. So here's here is the problem, Kim. Somebody forged his signature. The studio would not have um like agreed to these terms if Or right. did not agree, right? Or it's saying in his lawsuit that there is a signature on there that is not his signature and he did not receive any proceeds um, for mm-hmm. that movie, right? So, um, yeah, he, like he's looked at the documents and everything. And I get what you're saying, but remember, this is a guy who's already doing well for himself. When the story, yeah, oh, yeah, great, my story's out there, made a movie, blah, 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 blah. But if, if you're already making, I don't know, he's a professional football he wasn't like he wasn't a, first a he line, wasn't like a i know he A-list wasn't football star but he but he and did he make good money from what i've seen his right life. that did well yeah so yeah and so yeah but that, that so does that mean that no, you should no. people should robbing still rob you of your portion of your story in the movie robbing is one thing if they are no 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 not but robbing if, but you right. know what if i mean they, if they are misled, signing like, his name hmm. to things that he doesn't know about and collecting money yes. and stuff like that that's a whole yes. different conversation that mm-hmm. i need to see come out in a court of law yes right and he's married to a black woman and here's what i think happened again we're all speculating because like you said you asked your question why we don't really know why right but he's married he has a family and maybe somebody or whoever you have friends and stuff and people ask you questions that you probably didn't think about before and now you go and look at documents and you see whatever, whatever. You're like, nobody came to me to sign, to receive, like saying that they needed my signature to make the movie. And now that he goes and looks at everything, he sees a signature of the person who's a lawyer on their conservatorship. He goes on there, he sees a signature that's supposed to be his, but he was not presented with any document. So that's where, you know, we're getting into a weird, it's like, yes, we want to believe these people, these people did good things, but they also could have done a really they, And, and like, that is thing, very, is very possible. Like, I need to see it pan out in a court of law because w- 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 I'm not yeah. saying by any means that he should allow them to steal from him just because they gave him, you know, a, a, a shot in life. Mm, that's not okay. what I'm saying. But what I am saying okay. is, why now? You know, why now? Why all of a sudden? This movie has been out for over 15 years. So in terms of residuals, in terms of uh, money being split from the movie, that would have done happen. So, okay, maybe it, it came mm. to his knowledge. For me, the first set of people I'm mm. trying to sue yeah, is not mm. my parents. I'm trying to sue the place that I had the actual contract with and say, why didn't you do your due diligence? Why didn't you make sure that I was here physically signing the paper? But 
No, 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 no. But they don't have. Remember, yes, they have a contract yes. with these people. And as far as they are concerned, he signed it. As far like that's so what, what was presented to them. About that part, though, so now, to if, be quite honest, mm-hmm. is that once he got where he mm-hmm. was going, why didn't he cease the conservatorship? He didn't know it was a conservatorship. But initially, initially, in he order did for not... him to be a part of their family, yes, that the, the the misleading. So now they presented it as a, an adoption. That's where the nastiness, nastiness part one. We need to pay close attention there. to this right here. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, we're gonna pay. It's it's very because messy. If, if but, it comes um, to pan out, like, where it's, it's, it's a, the the parents did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. okay, or it mm-hmm. was misconstrued in some way that had nothing to do with the parents, then I'm gonna stand mm-hmm. firm on what I said. But I think more facts have to come out. Yeah. for us, you know, to really know what's going mm-hmm. on here. But from what I mm-hmm. am hearing. Thus far, it seems like there was there was some onus on him as well. Like I feel like there, there could have been I some agree. place I, where he could have said, I do think, "Wait, hold he, on now, you guys just put out a movie about my life." Okay, <laughs> yeah, like I I totally agree because that he's smart enough. Some, Here, here's where I have a problem, was, right? Is that at the age of 18, where he's a younger man, he was smart enough to not only find people that could propel him forward in life, okay? So he found these people. And not only that, but he was willing to go through the loops that needed to be gone through in order for him to be a part of their family. He was 18. So he was smart enough then to do that, but dumb enough now where he didn't, say let's cancel this <laughs> I- I'm grown now I'm good you know what I mean like I don't need you to be yeah but but if you if, if but if you thought it was an adoption then you're not going to think there's anything you need to end because it's like oh they adopted me but now I'm adult that doesn't well that as adoption an adoption once he turns 21 it would mean nothing it, yeah right exactly. but, it wasn't so, but that's adoption. what I'm trying to say so at what point did he have any but he did not know it like, was I an feel adoption. like he had some of a role to play and I think he left a I... lot of that into other people's hands mm, I can I can I can uh, agree with that but like we've seen that with bad that's record true, deals but they also sign up because they want the they want that cheddar dough they want that paper dough right yeah, yeah that's so true. when you're doing these bad music deals right you know that the chances of you signing a good music deal are slim to none, yet you sign it still because you want that paper. So this is where I kind of feel it. I uh, find it hard to feel bad for after the fact, right? Because yeah, I understand the contract's mm-hmm. horrible, right? But you definitely wanted that paper, so you signed over that contract, so you knew what you were doing. You know, you in order to get the paper, you had to sign the contract. So it's it, you morally have yeah. to say to yourself, well, is the paper that is having that money that important to me? You know, where I'm going to sell my soul to the devil. Yeah, but there's there, there's a difference here in in this scenario though, in that he was a youth he was and stupid. obviously <laughs> ignorant of a lot of things. We don't know that. <laughs> like, so any, then, right? Why didn't we don't he know because sign... he then your defenses are going to be lower but if you trust, you trust if these them? people are. 
Why? I've been showing you kindness. Why would you trust them? Why? Right? Why did you trust yeah, a white well, family? Why didn't you trust a, a a family that was white and black, or an Asian family, or an Indian family? How come you didn't trust them? You trust. You went out of your way to find a white family that not only was doing well for themselves, but had certain. Uh, they had pull in the community. Right? The football, the football community, community yeah. specifically. So, like, you know, I, he wasn't stupid. I don't think he was that stupid. Mm. Well, let's I let's wait. Let's wait to see what happens. Um, I personally I don't know what to think, but I'm gonna believe Michael Orr that there was some um nonsense going on. Um, and yes. we will see what but happens. In the meantime, in the I guess courts. we'll we'll do the callouts. Yes, this is where we put each other in the hot seat and we ask each other some questions that have to be answered. And Mm. so uh, just for the listeners to know that once we do finish the call out, we are going to wrap up um, this show. But my call out question to you is, okay, would civilization be better off if the internet had never been created, of course not. Really? Easy. <laughs> nope. I don't. You don't. I don't believe that. No. No. The internet. Would, would no. civilization? The internet. Be better off if internet mm-hmm. had never been created. No, absolutely not. I know why you're asking that question and why somebody would say no, but my answer for saying yes is now I feel like there is a lot of gaps in knowledge that had have and can be filled. You can be somebody who didn't go to like a, a special school or a or, or super have great grades to get like to go to Harvard or whatever or have some type of specialized training and because of internet you can go there and learn for yourself. You can learn another language that for a country you've never been to, you can um, make friends or connect and have relationships outside of your immediate circle of wherever, whatever community you're in. Um, I truly believe that as bad as next certain negative comes out, things come out. Um, we're better for having the internet well, for sure. When I saw when I saw this question, because I didn't come up with this question, I'll be honest. Um, when I saw this question, yeah, I, okay. I I'm I'm struggling to answer because I'm kind of in the mm-hmm. middle, you know. And the reason why I feel like I'm kind of mm-hmm. in the middle is I do see how the internet, like you were saying, has definitely uh, expanded civilization. I, I definitely see how we've developed. I definitely see how it's a positive. But then I also see the other side. And um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of negatives that the internet has brought to civilization as well. Um, yeah. Now, this yeah. is why I find it hard to definitively say one side or the other. Um, I'm kind of in the middle. And I, I, it's funny because I'm in the middle and that's also the experience that I have with the internet where I'm in the middle. I don't have social media. I don't not up for it. However, Mm -hmm. I do use the internet. Mm -hmm. I I do keep up with current Mm -hmm. events and what's happening, 
but I use the internet more for knowledge and for entertainment. That's it. That's all. But I can see how the internet has also, it has changed our society on a whole. Like it's changed it drastically. Um, Especially starting from the very young. Um, It it has had a profound effect on humanity. And so in that respect, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was the best. Um, maybe we needed it in slower or smaller doses. I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be with that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm struggling. I'm in the middle. I kind of think yes, and I kind of think no. I mean, yes, anything that is created has, you know, a good and a bad to it, right? And I get that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just on the internet... Sometimes it could be real bad, real, real bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, where you have young people killing themselves and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like it can be real, real bad. The internet mm-hmm. has also, you know, had an effect on the family unit. It's, you know, on sexuality. It's had, it, it, it's, it's had an effect mm-hmm. and not always positive. I think you're talking about I think you're talking about a specific corner of the internet well, which is I mean, social media. When you think of the internet, you don't think of anything other. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't think mm-hmm. of the internet for mm-hmm. anything other than social media. A lot of people seem to want to learn from social media. Now, like I said, I I use it for knowledge and for entertainment. So I'm not the one that's just going on to the internet for Facebook or for Instagram or anything like that. I'm, I'm on it to be entertained, to get, you know, take a trip mentally and, and also to Mm -hmm. learn whatever I don't know. So that's where I see it being a good thing. But I see a lot of the negative coming out of it as well. So I, I don't know. I'm on the fence with that. So I can't even really answer my own damn question. Um, I'm in the middle. Okay, that's fair. Uh, totally. You didn't say anything too crazy. Totally agree. Um, so for my question, might be a doozy. I don't know. So we've all had our, our friendships and relationships in life. I was going to ask. I'm sure there's been a situation, have you, and if you have, had to set healthy boundaries in a friendship or a relationship if that's easier, but healthy boundaries. Because we know, I, we know there's many scenarios, especially when you're mm. in 20s, your friends are your life. And, you know, there are just some friends after a while you had to set some boundaries. And if you didn't set boundaries, then the friendship would have to be... Benito. Yeah, um, you know, pretty much, right? I was trying to find a nice way of saying that. But yeah, Finito's good too. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was uh yeah, so anytime is there a scenario where you felt you need to set up healthy boundaries in any form of relationship? Um, yes, I have. I I've, I've had to set up healthy boundaries, but I also have had to learn how to set healthy boundaries too. Yeah, no, no, for that's myself. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for myself, like what is mm. okay for me, you know, and what's not okay for me. Um, that okay. has also yeah. been a struggle at times yeah. because you know, mm-hmm. um, for the most part, I like to get along to get you know, get along to go along. Um, 
And for the most part, I don't like drama. I'm not into the drama business. Um, yeah. So for me, I've had mm-hmm. I've had to do that before. I have, uh, but I found it harder for me to set boundaries for myself and then um, let okay. them be known. Um, but I've done it before, and specifically, uh. you know, in a, a quick example that comes to mind is my child's father. When we ended our relationship, he has this tendency of calling every woman. It doesn't matter who you are. Hun, babes, <laughs> all the stupid shit, right? So when I was his woman, mm. you know, I went along. Oh, hi, yeah, hun, hun, babes, all this stuff. Yeah. Then our relationship was yeah. done. And he still, to this day, I have to tell him, do not call me hun. Do not call me babes. My name is a three-letter word, K-I to the M. I don't understand why this is so hard. I don't want you <laughs> calling me other anything other than that, you know? Um, but it's a small example because mm-hmm. then I started dealing with my husband. And I, for damn sure, mm-hmm. was not going to be in a situation where my baby father is calling me hun while he's standing in front of my man. It just doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I no, just didn't want to no, be in okay. that awkward <laughs> position. And on top of that, I wanted him to understand yes. that, no, you're not going to mix me up and blend them with all the other women in your life. You're not going to do that. Exactly. It's a, it's also, it is a mental, it's thing. also a mental and, thing. Um, he just, like a any mental... woman that's in his life, he, mm-hmm. just, I, he likes to round you up into one category and call everybody the same thing. So I wasn't about that life. And for other reasons, I had, a, you know, I mm-hmm. had my man and, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not there with you like that. You know, it's a uh, calling your mm-hmm. spouse or your significant other or someone special in your life, hun or babes or whatever is a, yeah. a term of affection, you know, and um, yes. I wasn't about that life. So I had to let it be known to him real quick, fast and in a hurry. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Don't do that. Mm, okay. Don't call me that. I like that. I, I, mm. I, don't, I don't think that you have the right to mix me up and blend me with nobody, you know? Um, and so I'm going to mm. let it be known. And so in that relationship kind of situation, I had to, in friendships, you know what, with me, <laughs> Jeanette knows me and my track record with friends. Um that's why she laughed you know, she laughed after me but that's okay keep keep keyword healthy, healthy. healthy keyword healthy boundaries yes, <laughs> no but you know what honestly um me and Jeanette have been friends for many many years many many years mm-hmm. like I I can't even remember how many but to be quite honest it's been a long time we've been friends but we've always been able to just pick up back you know Always been able to pick up mm-hmm. back. We mm-hmm. already understand each other's boundaries. We already understand each other and how we flex and how we roll. And so it's never been an issue there. But there have been friends in my life where it's like, I have to cut on clear. I have to cut on clear out of this because these people try to drive me mad. Just <laughs> <laughs> they try to drive me mad. So I just have to cut out. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I, w- I wasn't really, you know, back in the day... <laughs> My late twenties, I was MIA, oh. uh, literally. There's people that we both yeah. know, that we both know, yeah. and they know. Like Kim yeah. just literally just vanished. 
That's fair. And I guess, well, that's a good setup for me because then I'll say, I know that's, I guess you have set up boundaries, but you also yeah. maybe didn't like in the fact where you're just like, I'm like, she just cut and clear. Cut and clear. Said, cut and clear. Kim, Kim went MIA. And um, that's, you know, that's fair. And whatever you can handle and what, I think, yeah, whatever is safe and comfortable for you, I think at the end of the day, then you got to do what you got to do. And I, I'm never and, going and to, to quite honest, it wasn't judge that anybody they for did that. anything to me. It was that I was in a different stage in my life and I wanted different things. I just didn't know how to get and there, that- you know, and I needed to buckle down and to focus. And the people that were in my, they just, yeah, that's, that. still, that's still a, yeah, and you know what? There's not, and, and it doesn't need to be no. a conflict. I think that there are there are there are different reasons for having to set boundaries, whatever they are. And I think that like that scenario you described is, of course, um, yeah. Again, you don't need it a reason, is, but that is a definitely reason. a strong. That's one thing reason. that I've learned is that you can't just cut and clear all the time. You know, like that, you no, well, that's where that that's kind of where I was gonna go. Um, it's not healthy for the psyche so, uh, either, and it's mm-hmm. not healthy for that other person because I've learned through that that there have been people who have come back years later and tracked me down and asked me why, and it was like, wow, I didn't even think that I didn't even think about how it was affecting the other person. I didn't even think I was just in a different space and I needed to do what I needed to do. And I did what I needed to do. And I cut and I cleared. However, Mm -hmm. it's not always the best, Mm -hmm. you know, you live and you learn, you know, I'm a lot different than I was now then that I am now. And so I'm more willing to set those (laughs) boundaries and say, listen, I don't like this. This is not going to go on for me, you know? And and that's yeah, and I think like you said, you're not only you're you're helping yourself by establishing that boundary, but you're also being fair to that other person and that okay, this is exactly. you know, they know and why. It's and it's and usually your bound your boundaries are usually to protect yourself and so not not necessarily be it shouldn't be taken as anything by the other person, but we know how people yeah, are. They and, might and take maybe it a, a certain way, but maybe I would be responsible for that. You know, you but can't what about you though? Um, so here, uh, so for me, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a hard thing. I Uh think, especially with your friends, like, you know, your, your close friends, I think I've always found where people who are just like, who I would consider an acquaintance or friend of a friend, Mm -hmm. I'm like, good. I don't have no problem doing that straight. (laughs) Um, but for your close friends, I always feel like, or like you said, if you're in a relationship, there's like mm-hmm. it's harder to put those boundaries, especially if you know friends for like a really long time. And so, I would say two or three years ago, I started putting up some boundaries um, with one of my close friends. Um, I was like, you know what? I think you, there was just too much mm-hmm. chaos in their life. You know, it's like, and there's, that's mm-hmm. fine. It's your life, and and you know. We're you know, grown folks, so mm-hmm. I'm never going to uh, tell anybody right? what they should do. I will be, you know, I was a, a listening ear, and I tried to encourage and, you know, do say things without being intrusive or judgmental right. to the best of my ability. But you know, I just that's it. That's your situation. But now it's like that chaos. If, if somebody who you care about is in chaos or in a, a negative situation, mm-hmm, that's sure going to affect you, right? 
And then if every time you hear it or it comes around you, that's going to have a negative. Like for me personally, I would say, maybe people might say this arrogant, but I consider myself an empath. Like I'm very sensitive to Mm -hmm. if I'm around somebody or energy like that affects me right very a lot like you know some people i don't know maybe that happened maybe that happens to a lot of people for me particular i'm very sensitive to emotions and energy around me and like prolonged exposure to it will affect me so even if i'm having a great day and i go in an environment where there's like some Mm -hmm. weird you know negative energy or something happening i'm going that's going to ruin my day it's not my problem but that energy around me is going to ruin my day right and so essentially i have just decreased my amount of communication uh with this friend and i kind of just like you know every Mm -hmm. once in a while blue moon i'll just check in and be like everything's okay and and leave it at that because and i'm I, and by doing that i do set a boundary because now i don't get as much phone calls yep. and all this hearing about all the negativity and the drama because now mm-hmm. they picked up on the pattern right they, they picked up and they're respecting that boundary that i have put in terms of all the weird you know all That's the challenges right. that they're facing it's not being Which it unloaded on be. me. It should never right? be. And so I get like, all of us want to be helpful, but I think I, as somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm over, we're I'm over, grown. you know, we're big we're people grown. now. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're grown. And um, so you got to pray and figure it out and, and make, start thinking about the decisions we make. And if, and, and if you can't, that's okay. But <laughs> I, nope. I don't want to um be the recipient of that nope. chaos. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And so it's always hard, I think, uh, with re- uh, relationships yes. and friendships to set those healthy boundaries. But I think if, mm-hmm. if it's affecting you negatively, you really have to find the tools. Um, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself, um, especially when you notice that it's a negatively affecting you. And Sometimes I do feel a little guilty, but then I remember all the the nonsense that I've been exposed to, and I'm like, it's okay, Jeanette. If it if it's uh if this yeah this boundary is going to the boundary was not set up to end the friendship, but the boundary was put up to save the friendship in this case, and so. Hopefully, but uh, you know, speaking of boundaries, yeah. <laughs> uh, as a side note, is that I I really do believe that we all need to tap into what our boundaries are because for me, you know, when I just mm-hmm. was mentioning mm-hmm. those people that I just let go of and MIA in their life, maybe it was because I didn't know how to create a healthy boundary. You know, um, I didn't mm-hmm. know how yeah, yeah. what those were like what they are for me, you know? And sometimes, you know, it takes age in order for you to understand what boundaries you hold dear to yourself and that you're not willing to compromise on. And when you realize what they are, the people in your life should be okay with them. If they're really down Mm. for you, Mm. they should be okay with them. So in this situation, you know, where you've had to set a healthy boundary, um, they've obviously caught wind, you know, they, they understand it, 
And mm, yeah. if you want to save a friendship or a relationship, you got to set them. And it has to be understood and it has to be accepted. They might not know why. They don't even need to understand why. They just need to know that this is the boundary. And if they're really in your life for, you yeah. know, the long haul, they'll understand it and they'll keep it pushing and you can continue to be friends with them. The people in my life that I did not send those boundaries for, I think, you know, to be quite honest, in hindsight, God was moving them out of my way. He didn't want me to make boundaries with them. He didn't want me to have them in my in my life still. He wanted me to delete them from my life. Mm. And um, that's exactly what I did. But now as an adult, I've learned that just setting some health, healthy boundaries could save a friendship or it can save a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, um, between mother and daughter or between daughter and father or whatever the case might be. Yeah. We, we didn't even, ta- we oh, didn't even talk about the parental boundaries, but yeah, let me try a little bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. And, and generally speaking, it is difficult to set them, but the people who really rock with you in life, they're going to understand the boundary and keep it pushing in your friendship. They're just going to keep it pushing because you generally mean more to them than whatever boundaries that are set, you know? Um, And I think boundaries Mm -hmm. are healthy and I understand how healthy they are now. Now, when it comes to the child parent dynamic, yeah, I'm still working on it. Okay. I'll let you know how that goes. Um, Mm -hmm. Because my mother's Jamaican, okay, and um, she don't play. So I'm still trying to figure out how to make those boundaries. But for the most part, I think once you leave your parents' house, it's easier to set boundaries. It's a, it's a little, little easier, but not, uh, I have a, okay. You know, so a quick two, a, a quick two minute, a quick two minute story about the parental boundaries because this just happened this week so the past couple of weeks I did not go usually I I will go and visit my parents Mm -hmm. I mean I always call my mom in the week but I usually sometimes would go on the weekend last couple of weeks I didn't go because I just wanted to be at home I just wanted to be home and so on the Monday my mom (laughs) found her way here on Monday I work from home I work from home on Mondays and she brought some she brought some food or whatever that was the excuse and she came because she thinks because I didn't she, she, had, she thinks because I didn't she thinks because I didn't go there that I'm upset about something or something so she came she didn't say it. she was talking to her to my aunt and she said something I was like oh see that's why she came so it's hard like it's very hard because even if you want to put in the boundary they'll be like she came and she took the bus home like that's how she came here you know we actually had a nice little day i was working and she was here but i was like oh my god mom like i can't can i no. not come over for a couple of weeks <laughs> that's what anyway she's she no. you um no but you know i think uh child to parent is a lot more difficult because we even though we're grown and our parents know that we're grown they see that we're grown we're living grown people life. You're still their baby. You're still going to be their child. Mm. You're still going to be the one that they concern about. Imagine for 18 years of your life, they had to concern themselves with every single aspect of your life. And for some of us, that lasted until we were like 25. Okay. 
Mm. And for some of us, they might have given you a little independence, but until you're out of their house, you didn't have no independence, really. Not really. You know what I'm no, saying? No, not um, really, no. Because it's still their house. <laughs> so I, I, as a parent now, I can understand, like, why it's hard for them to see that, especially with my dad. Like, he still treats me like I'm a six, seven-year-old girl who doesn't know nothing about nothing. We were talking about, no, honestly, we were talking about <laughs> cars the other day. And this is a, a point of contention with me and my dad is talking about cars. And, you know, I'm telling him, you know, I need to get an oil change and da, da, da. Oh, well, you go, don't go here for the oil change and don't go here. Listen, I'm going to pull in wherever they give a damn oil change. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. He's like, oh, don't go here and don't go. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay, sure. But for him, he still feels like I'm that little girl who can't make a decision between what mechanic to go to to get an oil change. And I don't know if it's so much that he is playing that fatherly role or if he's playing that man role of that's how they show they care. Do you know what I mean? Of of taking interest in the things that are around you. So your car and taking an interest in, oh, you made sure you did the locks and make sure you turn off the stove and unplug the microwave at night. And these are things that he, I think as a man, they feel that they should do to show that they care for me, an adult woman. So I, 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 there's times mm. where I feel like he's doing that. And there's times where I just feel like he, he talks to me sometimes like I'm a little, a lot, like I don't have no damn sense. Like I didn't go to university. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I have no damn sense about life. <laughs> so um, setting boundaries with him could be difficult. But um, with my mom, yeah, they don't exist, you know. <laughs> they don't exist they I can tell her we can have a conversation about it you know and yeah it just doesn't work with her and so I just realized that you know I have to make the boundaries smaller <laughs> they're more attainable <laughs> you know um, yeah. can't make them too big but you know all in all you know, I, I think that uh, a positive note for this, uh, I guess, show is that boundaries are healthy. They are healthy. Um, we should yeah. all have a little bit of boundaries. You can't just be a free for all here. We just can't do that because then you're not happy, you know, and your happiness is important just like anybody else's. So whatever it is that you need to do... Mm to be happy do it okay because it's only one life we have it's only one life we live you understand you understand one life to so live. we have to make sure that we do whatever it is that we need to do to make ourselves happy um and so with that being said we do hope that your hearts and minds were activated on this week's show so whether you lead with your heart or your mind please stay passionate and thoughtful we will talk to y'all real soon bye